The following program is produced and powered by straightradio.com. Hip hop is consists of a few, few elements. You got the rap, DJs, the B-boys, the style of dress, and the graffiti. It's so Sonic Biggs with Let's Talk Hip Hop, the podcast. <laughs> Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. Let's talk hip hop, the podcast. And I'm Mr. Biggs, aka Soul Sonic Biggs, along with my opponent, Say, Sally R O C K, in the city. Working on your body. Yes, sir, Mr. Biggs. Ooh, what's going on, my man? Oh, man, and I got the mini me, mini me in the building, TK. Yo, 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 what up? We're speaking about the wine of the day, the wine of the day, baby. And this podcast is brought to you by Mr. Biggs Wines, along with Mr. Biggs' son's corp. Charlie, man, we got a special guest today, man, my man, deep Who's brother, that? deep brother. Who's this? Who's this? Oh, man. I don't even want to say his name, man. This brother, Come man, on. he ran with Larry Davis. I you already know, know who you're talking about, brother. I already know he who you're got, talking he, about. He got this whole, like, oh, man, brother Sham, man. That ain't none other than the legendary Shams Cortez, Shams the Baron. That's absolutely Shams right. Shams the Baron. This kid, he goes back with us way back in the days, man. I just remember him riding around on his little bike, man, and... I never knew he was doing the whole uh, group home scene, man, yes. but found out he was that. And But this brother, he was a deep brother, man. He's about his business, always was, even as a kid. Absolutely. You know, and, and, and for those who are not familiar, Shams DeBaron, he does quite a number of productions, documentaries, definitely does a lot of documentaries on the street life, the street side of hip-hop, and he was a family member of the legendary Larry Davis. For those of you who are not familiar with Larry Davis, Larry Davis was the subject of the one of the most intense manhunts in New York City history. Larry Davis actually had a shootout with six police officers, and not only had a shootout with him, he escaped. And as I said, he became the subject of one of the most intense manhunts in New York City history, and you know, actually beat a couple of the charges, but you know, did some time, and unfortunately the brother uh, wound up being murdered in prison. So the brother that we're getting ready to talk to, Shams DeBaron, is, was a protege, a family member of Larry Davis, and he's gonna tell us some stuff that you, you might have heard the story about Larry Davis, but Shams is probably gonna share a lot of stuff that you may not have known about that brother that's gonna be really enlightening, and you might be even saying to yourself, well, what does Larry Davis have to do with hip hop? Absolutely a heck of a whole lot. But when we come back, you're going to talk about Larry Davis and with my man Shams DeBaron. But uh, Mr. Biggs, uh, what about that 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 Mr. Biggs wine, brother? Mm. Hey, they gonna get they gonna drink that wine. They gonna love that. We gonna Mr. Biggs wines. That's all y'all gonna drink after a while. That's all you gonna drink. All right, all right. So but you know what, man? Yeah, what's on your mind, Mr. Biggs? What's on uh, your mind? Not, not to, it's not really something that's on my mind. I, I just want to give a, a salute. I just want to give uh, brother man, my son, is a MC from the Bronx. You know what I'm saying? He's been okay. MCing for a while. He never really got his props, man. But the brother, if I had to say the five best MCs in the Bronx, he would definitely be one. Okay. And he did something this past Sunday. It was a, a, a rally, man, a, a unity march down the Grand Concourse. I heard about that. I heard about it. You know, and it was deep, man. He brought all the gains together, you know, showing respect to Nipsey Hussle, you know, and um, he really brought these gains together, man. uh, Of course, it wasn't on the big networks, you know, channels uh, 2, 4, 
seven. If if, if they were showing somebody getting beat up, that'd be on it, you know. But he's showing these brothers they walk all. I don't know how far from Grand Concourse, but they ended up on 161st Street, and they was on the steps, and the gang members was tying their flags together. Okay, you know, becoming one. So you're talking about like Crips, Bloods, time oh, blue and red. Crips, wow. Bloods, uh, wow. Latin Kings, and a few others, wow. man. And and that's all, you know, from that's what you know what Nipsey, you know, what Nipsey tried to do, what Nipsey did. You know, he brought the gangs together. Now we just gotta figure out we can keep them together, but the key to keeping it together is that economic piece. You know what I'm saying? You gotta let these brothers know that we're gonna we can we can be together. We gotta come together, but we're gonna help you get this money the right way. Okay, entrepreneurial ventures. You know what, you mentioned that event. Several brothers that I know that are actually personal friends of ours were involved with that march. Uh, my man Marion Frampton, Marion Tiny Frampton. A lot of spades, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, one of the original Black Spades, as you know, myself and Mr. Biggs were both the original members of the Black Spades back in the 70s. And Marion Tiny Frampton, he actually has TBS security and uh, TBS mentoring. So it, they were part of that as well. Exactly. And it was it was beautiful, man. Like, these brothers was really pouring out their heart. Like, yeah, we really want to do this. And and it's it's a different time. Like, they had a big peace treaty years ago with the gangs, you know. But it was just totally like, the kids today is just different, man. They, they recognize that money for real. You know what I'm saying? Yes. We did things back then, and we was fucking with that nigga money. I call it nigga money. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? Hate to use that word, but that's what it is. Yeah, that boy just giving peanuts and shit. Yeah. These brothers are seeing thousands of dollars, man. And thanks to hip hop, you know, it, it let these brothers. Even when we was in the game, we made a lot of money, but not the millions that these brothers are making. Oh, now. absolutely. These not. brothers is making millions of dollars, and these young brothers are seeing that. And what Nipsey did, he took the the Crips and the Bloods, and he put them in the studio, and he showed them like, yo, y'all could get this money. Yeah. And not have to get shot at together. You don't, exactly. You don't have to kill each other. Absolutely. And that's what right. the brother my son is going is trying to do. He got the Crips and the Bloods, and I know he I know he got a bigger agenda. You know he did a lot of time in jail. Like when you listen to his rec, his music, he did about seven eight years in, in okay. prison, and he he kicks that real shit, but he he's kicking the shit like, yo shorty, you don't have to do this. It's a, it's another way. Okay, that's a cautionary tale. I, you know, I'm not hip on it. I know you've been telling me about the brother, and, and listen, if my man Mr. Biggs says the boy is nice, we're talking about a legendary brother on the microphone. I mean, I did my thing, but we're talking about a legendary brother on the microphone. So if my man Mr. Biggs says my son is something you should get with, then I think you really need to pay attention and get with that, and I need to get into the brother myself. That's right. So salute the brother, my son. Peace and love. Keep doing what you're doing, brother. All right, brother, my son, a positive force in the in, in, in the Bronx. You made make it happen. So we'll be. I guess we'll be right back, right? No doubt, no doubt. Who are you going to be back with? We're back with Mr. Biggs, myself, Charlie Rock, TK the Connoisseur, with our special guest this time, Shams Cortez de Barrett. Right back. You keep it right there. Peace. We'll be right back with Soul Sonic Biggs and Let's Talk Hip Hop. I want to let y'all know this was brought to you by Mr. Biggs Wines. And I'm Mr. Biggs from the legendary group, the Soul Sonic Force. And I can honestly say I'm one of the true founders of this billion dollar industry called hip hop. Through it all, I have been very fortunate to travel the world, enjoy some fine things in life, the finer things in life that is. During that time, I acquired a taste of fine wine. One day while I was relaxing, sipping on a nice glass of wine, I realized that I'm part of a new generation that just started appreciating the presence of fine wine. 
Yes, the early hip-hop generation is now enjoying fine wine. Millions of people throughout the world who grew up on hip-hop now enjoy the great taste of fine wine. That's that Mr. Biggs wine. Visit my website at mrbigswines.com to order your bottles today. Oh, man. Oh, man. Hey, yo, TK, man, who's Kathy, man? She keep hitting me up on, on my phone talking about she want to know the wine of the week, man. Would you please tell Kathy the wine of the week? She I, hit me three times, man. I got you, Kathy. I got you, Kathy. This week, that wine of the week is that Grand Canico. I like Good. that. Grand Canico. Grand Canico. That's one of my pop's favorite wines. I think that's that. he actually introduced me to that wine. So that wine is a white wine. The grape variety is Grand Canico. It's from Sicily, Italy, Italy, and it's good pairing with seafood. Yeah, that wine like is, is 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 funny because it it, it hits your lip dry, then it just kind of gets sweet. Yeah. Ooh, I like it's, that. It's, it's, it has like that. It has like an orangey taste to it. Oh, okay, an orange taste, like a citrus. That's the word, a citrus taste. Oh, okay. I, I I'm a seafood person. I really love seafood. So you know, like my my idea of a of a good night out, a good date is as a night to City Island. You know, crab shanty. Yeah. Get some nice lobster or the or the you know what is it, the seafood for lovers? Yeah. I love that lobster. Some lobster. Some crab legs in there, and and it sounds like a that Mr. Big's wine would go. Just right with oh, that. Mr. Big's wines will go wonderful with that. Oh wow! Okay, oh, for okay. sure, for sure, man. Okay. Speaking of city, I mean, ooh, that's the spot, man. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. I, I don't think I was, you know, growing up, we didn't get to see that. Too. Only fish we had was the whitey mommy used to buy. Yeah, 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 yeah. from um White Castle. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Or Mrs. Paul's fish sticks on a Friday yeah, yeah, night. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, something like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. I used to hate them fish sticks in the school though. They no, just had well, a nasty, nasty. taste. Yeah, them, yeah. Man. Well, you know, there's something about school lunch fish sticks that you know. They, they, they I don't do know. It, they, they just uh, didn't yeah. do it. Yeah, it didn't do it for me, man. You know what I mean? But uh, I'm just happy that I, I'm able to afford City Island nowadays. <laughs> <laughs> and I can run out there with a young lady and, and maybe they can tell me where I can pick up some Mr. Big's wine on the way. Yeah, that city island's a good delicacy. Oh yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Oh, um so yeah. where can where can they get that 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 Mr. Big's wine again, guys? You can go online to mrbigswines.com. Or you can go and check my my website of Mr. Biggs and Sons Court. Dot com, you can check all the wine. All the wine is there. All the wines are right there, man. All right, all, all right. The wines are right so that there. sounds like a good date night on a Friday night, you know. City Island, some crab shanty, a couple of lobster tails, and some Mr. Big's wine. City Island, back in the days we did make it to City Island, everybody went all the way to the end. Yeah, well, I still, let me tell you something, man. I still go all the way to the end. That's like, I don't do the date all the way at the end. That's with the homeboys. <laughs> Johnny's or, you know, Tony's, or, and, Tony's, Tony's and Johnny's, that's with the homeboys. Or, 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 you know, one lady friend, she really likes that. So I'll do that with her because she really likes that. But outside of that, if you're getting a Mr. Tony's or a Johnny's thing, you're you're probably in the friend zone. That's yeah. probably where that's going. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if I'm serious about you, it's Crab Shanty, yeah, JP's crab. by the sea, maybe a little bit of Sammy's, you know, yeah, if I'm Sammy's. feeling that. 
Crab Shanty, that's our spot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You always go to Crab Shanty. I love that. I love that place. Sammy's is cool too, but you always see two or three people that you know. You'd be like, damn, I don't want to see this guy. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) You know what it was about Sammy's for me, man? Is that I used to run around Sammy's when when I when I lived a different life. Okay, you know, uh, you know, my my. You know, more entrepreneurial pursuits, as we like to say. <laughs> gotcha. And this was back in the days, and you know, that's where all the cats who was getting a little money and hustling. They, you know, went to Sammy's with your girl or something like that. So you know, years later, when people start telling me that, oh, that was old news to me. You know right, what I mean? Right, I'm like, right, ah, right. I've been there, done that, got a T-shirt. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so yeah, yeah, I really more like Crab Shanty is a little more off the beat, not off the beaten path, but like you said, it's kind of. Sammy's, you're going to see somebody run up. So or girls too crowded. Why, why'd you take me to Sammy's? I'm like, you know, uh, okay, bye. <laughs> when I met you, you was eating a bag of chips. Now you want Sammy's? Yeah, yeah. All of a sudden, you want to go to, and now I'm taking you out. You know, before Bumblebee Tuna was fine for you. Right. Now you want to go to Sammy's all of a right. sudden, you know? It's like when you go in the club, they want, they want to buy me a drink. You was just drinking Budweiser, man. Stop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All of a sudden, you up to Moet's. Yeah. What happened? What happened? You stick with that beer pocketbook you came in the door with. That's right. Absolutely. Oh, Absolutely. Don't yeah. go on that side of the menu. I, I'm going to hit that side. Don't go on that. That is don't not your flip, side of the menu. Don't even flip that. <laughs> so, Mr. Biggs, I, 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 who we got calling in today? Brother Sham, man. Brother Sham. Oh, 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 I think Sham's Cortez. That's him. Okay, okay. Listen, that should be really interesting, man. I, I, I hope he gets through, man. Uh Shan Cortez, for those people who are not familiar with the brother, uh, uh, a very interesting story. One of the one of the proteges of of the legendary Mr. Larry Davis. For those people who are not familiar with that history, Larry Davis uh, became a legendary figure in, in, in street culture. Mr. Biggs. Oh, for sure. I mean, Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, he actually had the cops came to murder him. Man, he was like, "I'm not going out like that, man." Yeah, yeah. I'm Took not on going six out cops like that. That's right. Took on six cops on a shooter and escaped. And Larry Davis became the subject of one of the most intense manhunts in New York City. I, 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 well, yeah, it was about 1986, 87, somewhere in that area. Was it, was it that area? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was in the mid, 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 late 80s, somewhere like that. I know in the early 70s, 72, 71, 73. I went to school called Lewis and Clark. I went with his um, two older brothers, David and Donald. You mm-hmm. know, it was a school for bad boys, and we was all up in there. Yeah, I remember Lewis and Clark. I remember Lewis and Clark, the legendary 600 school there back in go. the day. I had, a, I had a large number of friends who went to Lewis and Clark. You know, you're not alone. We we have some common friends, as a matter of fact, we've talked about in yeah, the past. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, them yeah. teachers beat the shit out of you. <laughs> <laughs> they, all, they all be locked up today. Absolutely. Bitch. Absolutely. And, and, you know, it's interesting because when they talk about that, and, and, and hopefully when Shams does call in, that he'll expound on it. Larry Davis actually plays a, a major role in the music era of hip hop as well. A lot of you people know? don't know that. A lot of people are not aware of that. They kind of just associate him with that whole incident that took place in the streets. But uh, Larry was an aspiring music producer, a musician. And, you know, I don't want to tell the whole story. I, I definitely want to save something for our brother Shams to talk about, you know, when he shares his reminiscence about Larry Davis and their time together. So, uh, Mr. Biggs, uh, you know, it's because um, the brother, he was always right back in the days. He was a, he was a little guy, and uh, but he was always around, riding his little bike. 
always at the parties, just yeah. at the outside, back of the parties, just riding, riding. And uh, just through the years, you just get to know him. Like, you know, his brother was there. The brother's got a lot to talk about. Oh, know? yeah, he actually does. He does. In fact, you know, not because I, I want him to talk a lot about what he does, but Shams himself has produced a number of different things that have actually made it to television, major interviews. And in fact, I actually was involved uh, bit, was interviewed in one of his projects talking about our brother who was on the show last week, the coolest legend, cool DJ Red Alert. Mm. So he was doing a documentary about Red, and and um, I was a contributing person to that, talking about some of my uh memories of Red back in the days and the early days of hip hop. You know, so uh, hopefully at some point we'll get to hear from my brother Shams the Baron, Shams Cortez. You know, he goes by a number of different monikers, a number a number of aliases or or names, nom de plumes, you know, pseudonyms, uh, whatever you wish to call it. But hopefully at some point this today during our podcast, uh, we will hear from Shams and, and get some of his perspective on Larry Davis and his experiences in the early days of hip hop. So, you know, what do we, what do we have on, on, on the menu besides while we're waiting for Shams, Mr. Biggs? Yeah, we got, um, what's the, the best club, the best club you ever remember? Oh, wow. Well, you know what? That's a good question now. Now, you know, you have to qualify that statement for me, Mr. Biggs. Do you mean best hip hop club? Best hip hop best... club. Okay, good. Let's, let's be real clear. And, and for those of you in the audience who don't understand, and this is one of the things we always talk about and one of the reasons for the show there was a big difference in the hip-hop club and the hip-hop dj versus the adult disco which where a lot of people who try to claim their fame to disco try to get into you know so um as far as hip-hop i think to be honest my favorite club back in the day might have been the t-connection yeah, you know t-connection a lot of history in that t-connection absolutely absolutely and i you know get to talk about the history of the t-connection and how it started didn't start out as a hip-hop club and you know i got to be very close with the owner richie t and his family but you know a little more about that a little later on uh, is is it is it me or am i do we have our brother on the line right about now is he there shams the baron are you there shams the baron my brother, Damn, my brother. What's good? What's good? Welcome to the podcast, my brother. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. How's everything? Oh, man, we can't complain, man. First thing, first thing I got to ask, I got to ask everybody, describe hip-hop, man. What's your definition of hip-hop? This is everybody's question. Hip-hop, to me, is about expression, you know, and going back from the 70s, you know, when I first, you know, came across, um, it wasn't even called hip-hop. There was no name for it. But hip-hop, it was all about expression. It was just us out there, you know, just expressing ourselves just from from the way we dress, from the way we walk, the way we talk, the way we dance, the way we came together. It was it was just about that that swag that we had and stuff like that. You know, that and you know, it wasn't no name in the in the beginning days. So right, right. you know, for me it's about expressing who we was in the context of the lives that we were living during them times in the early seventies, mid seventies and, and so on and so forth. All right, all right. Sure. Shams the Baron, my brother, this is Charlie Rock on the other line. How you doing, my man? Charlie Rock, what's going on, great brother? How's everything? I'm outstanding. I'm outstanding. You know, buy for oneself, too. You know how that goes. You know, um, yes, we sir. were talking a little bit about, before you, you actually called in, we were talking about your relationship with, with, with a legendary brother in the annals of New York history. And that happens to be the brother, the legendary Larry Davis. And we yes, wanted sir. to make sure that you talked a little bit about that. And I didn't want to tell the audience everything because I definitely wanted to leave something for you. So, so why don't you enlighten those those people who are in the you know in the audience who who are just tuning into Let's Talk Hip Hop about who Larry Davis really was? Because I think a lot of people 
have a, a distorted view of who he is. And you were actually one of his very close friends, like family. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, you know, um, and and that's a, it's a good thing that you mentioned that because, um, you know, um, when when people come across the story of Larry Davis, they think the street guy, you know, they think, you know, oh, he sold drugs for the police, this, that, such, and such. And the story that they don't understand, what they don't know, is that Larry was really a product of hip-hop. Right, yes. This is a brother that was a DJ, you know what I'm saying? He was very good at it. He wasn't just somebody trying to do it. He was somebody that really did it. And he go back, he got a lot of history. He was very talented. You know, I come I come from the generation of, of you guys, so I understand um, the difference between the commercialized aspect of hip-hop, et cetera, et cetera. Larry came up basically a little bit behind us, but he embodied what we all represented. You know what I'm saying? He was a real DJ. And so much so that a brother like Grand Wizard Theodore used to go and watch him. Wow. Watch Didn't Theodore, know that. Used to watch Larry DJ at the PAL right there on 183rd in Webster. Yes, Webster you know PAL. Saying? So he was, uh, you know, and people don't know the story. We didn't put it out there like that, but, you know, keep it 100. Larry's primary thing in life, his whole, everything he was about, centered around hip-hop, centered around him being a DJ, and centered around him being a musician. Wow, it's yeah. funny you said that because the producer, my brother Ricky Wright, said he was actually came to his house a few times as he played the drums, and he was in his brother's band. Yes, 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 yes. And and that's the thing. Like, when you go back, saying this is the thing. You know, I come up with y'all, Biggs and them, you know, but... Let me say this. When I when I moved from the Soundview area, from Story and all that, yes. and I moved to the West Side, that's when Larry and I hooked up. And, um, you know, I mean, you say real fast, you know, I was in a group home. Um, he realized it was in a group home, and he was like, listen, you know, I don't understand how you can't go to your family, this or that, whatever. And he invited me into his house. I became uh, uh, a brother to him. I moved in, me and him shared the same room. You know, we slept in the same room. That was my brother from that extent. He became my DJ, DJ. I was the MC. But his thing was, he liked to do music. And he was actually taught by some greats that we have in the Bronx, from Fred McFarlane, mm. who some people may not know. Legendary studio musician. You know who I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Wow. Fred McFarlane was the other half of Alan George, who did Jocelyn Brown, somebody else's guy. People don't know all this. Mm. But Fred McFarlane was giving Larry lessons on how to play. Um, the other person was my man Larry Peoples. Larry Peoples was part of a group called Jamila. Jamila was the band that Keith Sweat comes from. These were right. R&B cats, but they all come stem from the GQ, the GQ, you know, Raheem and them. Yes. You know, they come from that. And Live Larry musicians comes up under that, but before Larry, his brother Light was that day. Was Washington. Washington? That's Washington. Is that the one I went to school with? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. He was that musician, multi-talented, play any instrument, and could sing his ass off. Larry, right? Larry, Larry followed in his footsteps. Wow. And I'm hoping I could give you, you know, because people they look at the story and all they see is this street stuff, this that, and they don't understand, you know. Listen, I come from where y'all come from. I rock with Larry because 
he rocked with us. Yeah, he, he was much more than what they him. described him. Huh? He was much more than what he's described as. Exactly, exactly, exactly. You know, and I say that because you know, I, and you know, you see it in the interviews and the documentaries, the little footage that that that's presented. But I always say he's no different than any one of us. Right, and that's sure. because you know we all from the same element. You know, from the streets, whatever the case is. Yes, and we all face with the same challenges. Larry is faced with that, and. But a lot of us, big, Charlie Rock, yes. hip-hop, the culture, it saved us because we had that outlet. Absolutely. And Larry wasn't a gangster because we had gangsters all around us. For oh, sure. That was just always. gangsters. They wasn't trying to rap, get on the stage, DJ, none of that. They was gangsters. <laughs> That's right. Full-time, 24-7, 24-7. 24-7 Yes, they were. That's true. Am I right or wrong? Yeah, yeah, That's absolutely, absolutely, absolutely right. Absolutely. That's absolutely right. Shams, they tell you. I tell people all the time that people have this glamorized version of hip hop, like it was like you know, oh yeah, you got beef, well let's dance, and it was man, it's, it's, there was some dangerous cats around us. That's it, right. It's, it's like they left. It's like they left the stick out kid out of the culture. That's right. You know what I'm saying? The stick out kid was just as part of the culture. They're the sixth element of hip hop. That's right. For sure. Absolutely right. All I'm saying is, Larry wasn't that. Yeah. Larry. Larry was Jazzy J. Wow. Larry Absolutely. was Grand Wizard Theodore. Yes. Larry was Bam Bottom. They That's just, who Larry they just, was. They just pushed his back against the wall. That's right. That's right. You know, it's funny. There's a record, and I was telling Mr. Biggs about the record that he made. I remember you played it in the documentary, uh, what, The American Gangster. People do not know that my brother Shans produces a lot of different documentaries, and one of the things, he was very integral in the American Gangster episode on Larry Davis, and I want you to talk about it at some point, but when I did see that, I saw that Larry had made a record. I remember something about Popeye and spinach in there someplace. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. See, now, that's the thing. <laughs> oh, man, I'm getting chills just talking about it. Yeah, but, that's what this podcast is about. That's what we want you to do. Yes, sir. You know, and, and you know, just please understand, you know, Larry and I, it's not just my homie, this, that, whatever the case is. That's my brother, my fan for life, for real, for real. Yes, you know, I, I, y'all know me, so y'all know how I grew up. Yes. I grew up in the foster care system. Mm. So I didn't have the traditional family that everybody else had. You know what I'm saying? So my Zulu family, that's my family family. Yes. You know what I'm saying? So when we talk of Charlie Rock, Bing, Bam, whoever, that's my family family. Without a doubt. And so when Larry and I hooked up, you know, it was at a time when I was in a group home, and I was AWOL, wasn't going because I was doing the parties and stuff like that. <laughs> and when he un when he realized that that was my situation, he brought me into his household. He took me in and he explained to me, he said, listen, my mother owned three houses wow. up there on the west side on Woody Crest and Ogden Avenue. He said, he said she bought those houses from the city for a dollar when they had the dollar program. I remember that. Yes, absolutely. You know, she have a kid. She had a a, a family of about, I believe, fourteen children. Mm, she had the children. Most of them rebuild the house, renovated. She took two of the houses. She had three. She took two of them and rented it out to to um to uh, as a rooming houses. And use the monies from that to support the house that the family lived in. And I was a part of that household. I grew mm. up in that household. Wow. You know, so, you know, Larry, it's like when, when we when we came together, it wasn't about no gangster stuff. It wasn't about no street stuff. That didn't even exist. It was all about the same thing you and I, all of us is about, is about just 
doing music, you know, and trying to grow this hip hop thing. And the thing about Larry was that Larry was extremely talented. The guy, he didn't just DJ, but he also was able to play music from ear. Right. You know, he he uh, he could play the keyboards, he could play the bass guitar, the lead guitar, you know what I'm saying? And he sang, you know, following in the footsteps of Washington, you know what I'm saying? But he learned how to do those things and he did it and that was his main passion, you know? And, and, and I, I know I jumped a little from what we was talking about, but one of the things that, I, you know, and we can go here with that, is that he ended up like so many of us in the early 80s to the mid-80s, that's when crack came into our neighborhood. Yes, mm. yes. And it yes. came, and it didn't give a damn about who was who and what was what. That's for sure. Destroyed a lot of lives, absolutely A lot of did. lives, a lot of brothers and sisters, man. Absolutely did. Now, I'm going to say this, and if y'all don't want to discuss it, just stop me where, I st where, you, where you can. No, you got but freedom we here, who, brother. We who were Zulus had a lot of influence throughout the city, throughout, you know, this East Coast, correct? Right. Am For I sure. right or wrong? Sure. Especially by that time, especially by the 80s. By Absolutely. That time. Yeah, That's we're right. about that time. That's right. Am I right or wrong? For sure. Absolutely right. Absolutely. If I'm wrong. Absolutely correct. So, so when this thing hit, not everybody took the right the right path. Some of us said, oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> I, my, could, I could get out the hood, man. Myself included. You know I mean? We was DJs. We was MCs. We was break dancers. We was all that, you know. But Larry was one of, not just Larry, you know. And, and to be honest with you, I'm going to keep it 100. Larry had no desire to jump into that. I mm. come from where y'all come from. So that was around me before it even got to Larry. Right. Wow. Keep it 100. You know, because some of us were the first people to put it on the market like that. Yes. Am I right or wrong? No, that's sure. a true story. That's a if fact. If I'm wrong, correct me. Or if y'all don't want me to talk about it, just tell me shut the fuck up. Oh, <laughs> no, not at all, brother. Not at all. Not at all. <laughs> tell it. Tell it. Larry, it didn't even touch him yet. When I went over there and it started coming through, and this is the west side of the Bronx, it was like, because remember, I drank, you know, 40s, whatever, with courts back then. Yes, the court, the court. Larry didn't, he didn't drink, he didn't smoke, he didn't put no impurities in his body. Wow. While we were drinking courts, old gold, Larry was sitting there looking at us like we stupid, and he drinking a quart of milk. That was his thing. He didn't do that. So he wasn't into none of that. Let, but, me, let me ask you a question, because you say that, what do you think put Larry in the direction of that? I'll tell you. The, the thing with Larry was, and he was like, when, you know, in, in the West Side, if you know the West Side, you know there's Woody Crest. Yeah. There's, you know, all the blocks, and, including where Hurricane place on Sedgwick, and you got High Bridge Projects. That's the most notable project on the West Side. Right. Larry was basically a guy who, if you ran into any problem, you ran to Larry to say, yo, I got a problem. They trying to run up on me, this, that, such, and such. And he had no problem going and helping you out, squashing the beef or handling the beef. So he was a protector. He was, more, he was a protector. He wasn't a trouble starter because that wasn't his lane. He wasn't a dude that was going to, he didn't, he didn't, you know, he wasn't going to prey upon them. That wasn't his lane. He wasn't a stick-up kid. That wasn't his lane. So he wasn't like his brother Donald. <laughs> Not Donald and them was a different story. Yeah. <laughs> Donald and them was a different story. Those were wild dudes. Yeah, yeah, I know. We Larry's the baby of the family. Mm -hmm. He's the baby. By the time Larry started growing his wings, Donald and them was locked up. They was doing this, doing that. Wow. Larry wasn't even into what they was in. Larry took took life, Washington shit, 
and 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 that was the music shit, and he ran with that. He wasn't into the street stuff. But what happened was, when they was gone, that's when crap started coming in, and mm-hmm. it wasn't attraction to him. You know, and that's the real story. Wow. It wasn't no attraction to him. He wasn't in none of that shit. And I, and I said it in the, in one of the documentaries, but you know you you know it was cut, so you don't hear the context of what I was talking about. Yes. But I said. We didn't have to do things for anything. Like, we didn't have to do stuff to impress females. We didn't have to do things for respect. We had that. Right, yes. I come from the Zulu Nation. I had it no matter what. Absolutely you know what I'm saying? Right. And, and, and Larry, he, he got ties to the Zulu Nation, so he had it in that area, too. Yes, yes. A lot of people aren't aware that You know what I'm saying? Nation. Yeah. So we didn't have to sell drugs to get respect. We didn't have to wild out to get respect. We had it regardless. Absolutely. And we could back it up if, if it came down to that. Yes. But I, by him being this protector dude, when somebody who probably didn't have that came to him and said, yo, 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 I, and he helped this and that, Larry was quick to help him. Wow. All right, Sam, and, real and, quick, you think you think um it's going to be a movie? You think you're going to work on a movie? No, nah, we're doing that now. We're right, doing right, that right, now. Right. You know, I got a screenplay that I wrote from the from, from um. I, I believe I did it in 2003. And, um, you know, I did documentaries, but I also did the screenplay. The screenplay being in the marketplace. And unfortunately, let me say this real quick. You know, our brother, Chris Lighty, baby Chris, you know, he come from us. Absolutely. Yeah. The he legendary late Chris Lighty. Yes. Oh, okay, and okay. Before we can get it to where we needed to go, he ended up, you know, in yeah, the, yeah, you know, he ended yeah. up, he's not Passing here with away, us. Yes. You know, but. You know, and it and it messed me up because I lost Larry and then I lost Chris. Mm, wow. So we are gonna we gonna so, I think you're gonna get it back together, man. We're gonna keep it hip hop. I know it's gonna yes, be sir. real I know it's gonna be crazy. The hip hop world is waiting to see it, man. It was crazy enlightened. Like I know a lot of people did not know he was that involved in hip hop, such as yourself, man. But yo, man, I thank you for calling in, man. I'm gonna send this to you when we finish it up, man. Yes, and mad love and respect, brother. My man, yes, Shams, I, Shams the I, Baron, baby. Always a pleasure, can you know I, that. Can I, can I say something before y'all go? What's up? All right. Yo, yo, Big, remember this, man. And I'm going to just say, this is it. Back in the days um, when <laughs> me and Larry was doing, Larry had told me, he said, yo, we doing a party. I said, where? He said, Bronx River. I said, what? <laughs> my home. That's my that's my that's my second home, B. And he like, nah, nah, nah. He didn't really believe it like that. So he said, Yeah, we're gonna go there, your old stomping ground. Right. So we did the party. I, I when he did it, I didn't even really know who the party was for. And I was trying to find out because, you know, I'm calling Bam, Bam, he don't know nothing about it, whatever. And Big, you didn't know about about it. So I'm like, who the party for? He said, MC Glow. I'm like, oh. Wow. Like, all right, whatever. We going. That's my home. And he's not understanding I'm from Bronx River. You know what I mean? That's right. right. So when we go, you know, we, we there. You know, we got the whole. Larry, that's one thing. He had a crazy set, too. You know what I mean? So we come. The Bronx, the center gets packed. This and that. Such and, such. and I'm mad because Larry letting me. He's like, he, you know, it's other people there. You know, Zulus and all that. And they rocking, and I'm like, "Yo, lie, like, listen, I ain't gonna be the last one, you know. I ain't with that." <laughs> he said, nah, nah, nah. You know, so he, this is his first time rocking the Bronx River, so he he's gone home with it. Right. And I'm like, "Yo, lie, come on, man, I'm a dude. They asked him for me. You bugging out?" And he looking like, "Yo, you, you, what are you want? We in Bronx River?" 
So finally, I couldn't take it no more, so I flipped out. Boom. So he like, guys, who you think? Mom. Yo, and I tore it up just because I, I know he didn't understand like that. Right. And right. it was so crazy that the, the crowd was like, you know, they was like, uh, how you doing uh, our encore? They wanted me to keep going. You yeah, know what I yeah, mean? Yeah. And keep then Larry going. looked. He was like, oh, my God. Like, what the hell? You know, <laughs> and I, I, I say that because I say, like, listen, we was Larry Davis was hip hop. There you yes, go. Sir, I man. can't even express to you like that. My yes, brother. Sir. This dude was hip hop, man. My brother. That's what's up. That's what he and I want all of y'all to lift him up and to keep his name in the light and let us do this movie because the movie ain't just about somebody that sold drugs for the police right. with no street. We all was from the street. That's right. For sure. That, that, it ain't nothing negating nobody's story. That's right. But what makes Larry unique is that, yo, he's also from us. There's way more to that brother than what they try to tell you. Also, you know, uh, my man Shams, when is that Red Alert documentary coming out? Now, we're still working on the Red Alert doc. Red is, you know how Red is. Yes, Red I is do. doing a million things. So we're still trying to lock them down to make sure we get everything together and stuff like that. Okay. But, you know, that's still in the works and stuff like that. We just, you know, Red is, Red is here. So, Red, we got to work within his schedule and stuff like that. You okay. know what I mean? All Sounds right. good. Listen, we're kind of out of time, but, you know, that means Go you ahead. need to come back. No, no, no. You got to come back here. We got to do a part two to this. We got to do a part two to this one day. You know that, right? All right. Well, let me tell you how the most significant days. May 28th is Larry's birthday. June 10th is my birthday. And November 19th is, is the anniversary of the shootout. Y'all All right, my brother. Down. All right. And I'm here for y'all whenever y'all ask me. All right, cool. Peace and love, brother. I'm going to holler at you. Peace, man. All baby. right, peace and love. Love y'all, too. All right, one. Wow, that was great, that was man. A good one, man. That, that was, was good. One. That was a good one. All right, all Boogie right. Boogie didn't know, man. That's why this podcast is so, you know, we're going to introduce so many people that got so many stories. Like, hip-hop has a million stories, and we're going to try to get each and every one of them. But, but we're going to say, Mr. Big, eight million stories in the hip-hop city? Eight million stories. We want to yeah. hear everyone. That's right. You just heard one now. My man Shams DeBaron, Shams Cortez, talking about the legendary Larry Davis. This podcast is brought to you by Mr. Big's Wines, along with Mr. Big's and Sons Court. Paradise is very nice. Yes, indeed. Now, that yes, was a indeed. great interview, man. That oh. was a great interview, man. I mean, he spoke about a lot of things. I didn't even, you know. Oh, no, yeah. You know, that brother Larry did far deeper than I even knew. I knew some things. We had, we had talked about a couple of things, but much deeper than I even knew. Right. Absolutely. It's the thing, you know, everybody always paint their pictures of a person you're not knowing. Like, I went to school with his two older brothers, so, yeah, you know, and... We was just wow. So all the, all the, all the shit he talked about his brothers was this that, and I'm like, it can't be the same cats, yeah. you know. So I'm thinking Larry, you know, he from that that cloth. Absolutely. Just to think he had that, he was that humble. And yeah. They, they forced him like that. Yeah. And that talented. I mean, you know, I think about it when I think about that. You know, there were a lot of talented brothers that came across back in the day. I mean, and again, you know, me and you, we talk all the time about how 
everybody glamorized the whole hip hop culture. But you know, we talk about that that sixth element, man. Yeah, the street, yeah, yeah, the street, yeah, the, the stick up kids, man, and and the hustlers, cats selling. We're talking about we were teenagers, 15, 16 years old, and it wasn't anything to see cats who were coming in the same age as us with thousands of dollars in their pocket, renting, putting OJs on hold. You hear all the cats singing about putting the drive off in a deaf OJ. Those of you who don't know what that's about, OJ was a car company, and cats with money would put OJs on hold for a couple of hundred dollars for an hour or two right, right, and ride right, around right. the city. So we're talking about 15, 16, 17-year-olds with money in our pockets from, from various things, and you had the cats who were hustlers selling the drugs and everything like that, and then you had like, the stick-up like, kids. Like uh, cats, and then what's that routine they say? Uh, I've got... Um... The Chibo Hawks, Little Hawking, Hawking, <laughs> Stick Up Kids, Us Stalking, Stalking. Yes, I remember that. And that like was the real. Stick Up Kids, man, that, I don't even know how they left that out of the element of hip hop because Stick Up Kids is just as much as hip hop as anything else, man. I mean, them I, Stick Up Kids, I mean, it didn't go so much out of bound by the party. If it did, this shit happened down the block because yeah. we ain't care how much you sticking up. You stuck somebody up at our party. We was going to get you. Yeah, we were doing the sticking up. If anybody was going to be doing it, it was going to be us. It wasn't going to be you. It wasn't going to be no freelancing nah, <laughs> coming nah, around. Nah. Joy. Absolutely. But the stick up kids, you know, they, they did their thing, man. And they had their own their own little communication thing, their own little, yeah. you know what I'm saying? This, yeah. this guy was, you go to this one for the gun and... You got to break him off a piece of paper using his gun. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. And I mean, it was like, you know, you know, and I hate to give it this comparison, but it's almost like the law of the jungle. Wolves don't eat other wolves. Right. They just don't. You know what I mean? A wolf respects another wolf. And if you're an old wolf who lost your fangs, some young wolves might make sure you still eat. So you know what I mean? So it might be that old wolf that lost his fangs. But remember when you was a young, hungry wolf, and we're going to make sure you still eat. So that's the cat with the gun. And those young wolves are coming to him. But... You know, you had the stick-up kids. You had the cats who were hustling, selling drugs. Remember Cozy Corner, for example. Cozy Corner, for these people who don't know, tuning into us, Cozy Corner when in the Samuel area was a, a major drug location back in the days. You had young cats who, who were hustlers who were making thousands of dollars at Cozy Corner. And then you had the stick-up kids, and you had to watch out for them because if you didn't have a reputation, you too could get got. What do you say? Hey, you too could be a soul-trained dancer. It's crazy, man. Quick story. We was um, in Soundview, right? And that's what Cozy Corner is. Absolutely. And we inside the center. And so this guy, he comes and he takes out a bill just full of coke. Mm. You know, we was about 12 deep. Yeah. And we had them things. You know oh, of so, course, of course. And so the guy, he put the coke in Bam's face. Like, yo, Bam, you want some of this? And Bam just knocks the shit out of his hand. Wow. This motherfucker lost his mind. But he thought, like, I can use lose the coke or lose my life. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know I can get more coke. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So that's when I that's at that I knew, I knew we was powerful. Yeah. But that's when I knew we was powerful. Yeah. We we on Cozy Corner and like and you know Cozy Corner is Cozy Corner. You oh, can't yeah. take nothing from Cozy oh, Corner. Yeah. But you don't want to deal with people like we thousand three thousand deep. Yeah. Yeah. We had a big crew. We had a big. I'll tell you a story about that with Cozy Corner. I remember one time somebody had some kind of beef, and we came to Cozy Corner to roll, and we came about a good 100, 200 deep. And I mean that by no exaggeration. And, you know, when we used to march down the street, we talking about that Z-U-L-U. That's the way you say Zulu. And people heard we were coming. I'm like, oh, my God, the Zulu Nation is coming. And people would be, you know, and we're coming to Cozy Corner. And Cozy Corner is a notorious spot. It was real killers and hustlers. 
And we're coming there, and I remember one of our brothers who was down with us, he knew he was coming because he was for Cody, and he's trying to talk to me. Bam, please don't come over here and start no messing nonsense. Messing up that money. Messing up that money. money. Come on, Bam. Now, anybody else, they might have pulled out their things and said, you know, yo, you come over here, you might get carried back. But we, along with Bam and us by extension, we had that kind of power. It wasn't one of those. It was like, yo, Bam, look, please. Please don't come over here. But that's the kind of power Bam had. So you're absolutely right, Mr. Biggs. We had, we had a lot of power that we may not have even really realized, but when I look back on it, that was a powerful thing. But there's definitely, man, the stick-up kids, that's definitely an element of this hip-hop thing that nobody speaks about. You well, know? you know, and, and, and you're absolutely right. And, you know, I think a lot of the later generation, particularly in rap as an industry, a lot of times they sing about some of the stick-up kids and they make about the hustlers. I mean, you got cats like... Well, the out, they all talk, you know, the young boys, they talk about Alpo and AZ. I mean, yeah, they're making yeah, documentaries yeah. about them. AZ Faison yeah. himself became a, 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 a rapper, made his own record in the 80s, right, and actually right, talked right, about right. his life and getting shot up and everything like that. He actually survived being shot in the head and, and you know, lived to talk about it and became an MC and actually made a record about the whole thing. So, you know, a lot of times they become the subject matter of what a lot of those cats sing about, mm -hmm. but that's but, for sure. Yeah, but it, we lived. They it. lived it for real. Yeah, absolutely. We absolutely did. Yes, indeed. That, like you said, that's that's the sixth element. The streets. You know what? That's a good thing. The streets should be the sixth element of hip hop. That's for sure, man. Because the streets don't give a fuck about you. Absolutely. Oh, this was that shit, Charlie. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. Damn, 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 damn. Gotta get out of here. Mm. Yeah, man. I remember them mixing that back and forth. That was one of them joints. That was that mix. Yeah, yes, that. it was. That that part right there. That part right there. Gotta go down, 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 down. You gotta get out of here. Yeah, yeah. That's when the party was winding down. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I guess, you know, the party's winding down. I, I, I think it's that time for us to wind down, too. Yeah, for sure. For oh, sure. man. Well, that's... Hey, yo, this was a good one, man. Yes, we, it was. We gotta have Brother Sam back. Yeah, yeah. There's you gotta be a part saying? two to that. There has to be. You know... Big up to all my brothers in Cozy Corners. <laughs> Big up to the stick-up kids. Those of you who came home, those of you who did not. And, uh, you know, keep up. That's the streets, the sixth element of hip-hop, Mr. Biggs. Yeah, that's for sure, man. You can't leave the streets out. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. You can't leave the streets so out. So I guess uh, that wraps up another podcast, brother, man. There you go. Peace and love, baby. Until next time. And remember... This podcast was brought to you by Mr. Biggs Wines, along with Mr. Biggs and Son Corp. You can find me on Mr. Biggs Wines 73. That's my Instagram. Where can they find you, TK? You can find me on my Instagram is Mr. Biggs and Sons Corp, and then my Twitter is Mr. Biggs and Sons Corp as well. All right, all right. Mr. Biggs, until next week. Peace and love, baby. Peace and love, baby. with love.